Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. 1 John chapter 5 verse 11. 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 It says, and this is the testimony that God has what? Given us eternal life. And this life is where? In his son. So say with me, because I have his son, I have eternal life. I want you to say that convincingly. Say, because I have his son, I have what? Eternal life. What is eternal life? Eternal life talks about quality and quantity. Is that okay? It talks about what? Quality, the nature of the life that you have. The quality of the life you have is a God kind of life. And the quantity of the life speaks of the fact that this life will last forever. So people would live forever, but doesn't necessarily mean it is life eternal. It can be life in damnation because they have rejected the Son of God. And in eternity future... Because time is sandwiched between two eternities. Eternity past and eternity future. But those who would live in eternity future and experience damnation is because they have not laid hold on eternal life. So living forever is not a prayer point. Everybody will live forever. But the question is where would you live forever? And what kind of life would you live forever? But the Bible says, he who has the son, what? Has life. And he who does not have the son, what? Does not have life. Okay? It says, that's the testimony that we have. It says, let's keep reading verse 13. Just going over this for the sake of those who missed it. So he says, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of what? The son of God. That you may what? Know that you have. Say with me, I have eternal life. Lay your hands on yourself and declare it. Say, I have eternal life. Say that again. Say, I have eternal life. So the Bible says, these things have I written unto you that you may what? You may know. Not that you may have. You already have it, but you don't know you have it. So I'm writing to you, John is saying, I'm writing to you little children that you may know that you have eternal life. Praise God. Okay? And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Glory to God. 1 John chapter 1 verse verse 1. 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. That which was from the beginning. You know we can quote it bro. Without the. We don't need this thing. It's just that the way we quote it is different. We'll have to. We'll probably have to run around here. That which was from the beginning. Which we have heard. With our ears. I'm trying to behave myself which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon. Uh, does the word excite you? Yes. You know, uh, if, you, if you learn how to get excited with the word, that's when the word begins to get a hold of you. Why? Because the Bible says with joy. So when I quote scripture, okay, let's, let's practice it. Let's practice it. Let's practice it. Let's practice it. Glory to God. Are you with your Bibles? Are you, are you, can you see? You don't need the projection, right? Can you see it? All right. What, what, does the first, what does the first line say? That which was from the beginning, right? Which we have heard. Which we have seen with our eyes. What again? Which we have looked upon. 
right? <laughs> Praise God. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which with our eyes, which we have looked upon, which our hands, glory to God. You know, so, so at, at that point, you don't rush with the word. You tell yourself, my hands have handled the life. I've handled the life. Come on, glory to God. It says, my hands have handled this life, that which our hands have handled, the very word of life. Then it says, for the life was manifested. For the life was manifested. Glory to God. For the life was manifested. And we have seen it. John says that that life is Jesus Christ. It says that life was manifested and we saw the life. We saw the life. The Gnostics believe that Jesus Christ was solely spirit and he had the form of a physical appearance. He had a form of body. But he was not truly mortal. That's what the Gnostics believed. And they said that Jesus just had an appearance of a body figure, but he was essentially spirit. And that's not true. We know that, right? That's not true because the Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of Man made manifest, that he might destroy the works of darkness. What was that purpose? What was that purpose? That purpose was that I have come in the volume of the books that is written of me that I might do your will, O oh God. And what is that will? That will is that Jesus will take the form of human flesh for the sake of death. That was the will. So when the Gnostics were saying Jesus didn't have an appearance of body, they were indirectly saying that the cross was fake. That the blood that was shed was fake. Yes, it was not the same semblance of the human nature in that the blood of Jesus is not the kind of blood that human beings have, even though it is the same conformity of what flesh is. In its essence. But. Jesus' blood is not from the blood of a man. I've taught you this before. right? It's not from the blood of a man. It is impossible for a baby. In the womb. To have blood. That comes from the woman. From the mother. Every baby in the mother's womb. Let me say this again. Every baby's blood in the mother's womb is from the father. So if Jesus didn't have an earthly father, where did his blood come from? And that is the reason why Jesus has severed his kingdom and himself from the first Adam. To discontinue the work of the first Adam that the last Adam, which is the second man, will have a fresh blood from God that begins the redemption process that makes you righteous by faith. Do you understand it? So Jesus had a body. So when John said, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, he said Jesus appeared, we touched him. Then he also said that this life we show unto you. In other words, I've laid hold on this life so much that I can show you the life right now. At will. And that's where God wants his saints to come to. To the place where they are able to show the life. To manifest the life. Pastor Chibis was talking about that on Wednesday. He mentioned manifesting the life the world doesn't know who we are yet in the last few months the church has been the most insulted than ever before 
And the reason why is because the church is not manifesting the life. The Bible says that life was the light of men. And that light shines in darkness. And darkness comprehends it not. Every day I wake up in the morning and the first thing that I want to do is an opportunity to manifest the life. Because I have the life. I've got the life of God. I want to move everybody, like I said on Sunday, last week, from the place of having intellectual understanding of the gospel without revelation. I want to move you all from there. From the place where you can explain the scriptures but you deny the power thereof. That's an insult to your personal devotion and revelation. So it's no longer about I have heard it before. It's about what you have heard. How deep is it in you? That's what it is. The riches of Christ. Paul said something. He said, Me who is the least of all the saints, I was honored and given the privilege to preach amongst the Gentiles what is the unsearchable riches of Christ. Can I tell you what that riches is? The riches of Christ is something that if you lay hold on one-tenth, sorry, one percent of the riches of Christ, it is good for your entire life. Let me explain. If all you know is my sins are forgiven, it can sort your business, finance, marriage, everything. Just that one. If all you have Sorry, let me say that again. If all you have caught is my sins are forgiven. Many religious people don't get as blessed as people who are out there in the world because people who are out there in the world deal with God from the place of a mentality we do from the place of religion. There's somebody who I know in school, when I was in school, pastoring and he... He just had a mentality. God can never forget his boy. This, so this is the way he would put it. God not forget him, boy. That was a mentality. He didn't know scriptures. He had a mindset. So all your revelation of scripture, my sins are forgiven, and the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus all things are mine, all the scriptures you quote, is summarized into that mentality that guy has, that God not forget him, boy. So he sees more results than you who is quoting scripture without revelation. Have you seen people who are deeply broke but always correct? They can explain, they will argue out the scriptures with you. But they are the most arrogant people that you can ever meet. They lack understanding of honor, humility, but they have revelation. Head knowledge, not revelation. Look, move from wanting to hear new things to deepening what you know. Because the one you know that we're talking about the riches of Christ. The one you know is enough for a lifetime. But guess what? There is more to latch upon. There is so much more. How do you know when someone has revelation? When trials come. Not when things are fine. It is when there is trials. It is when there is problems. That's when you know what revelation the person is under. If you keep a kind of mindset, regardless of what you're going through, then it shows that you truly have revelation. Now, I want you to know, friends, that there are things that choke faith. Okay? 
It is true. It is true. Let's not pretend about it. When Jesus was given the story of the parable, he said that this, the, this, the word of God is like a seed. And the farmer went to sow seeds. And then when he sowed the seeds, many fell on, some fell on the wayside. That's the one who, right, the devil steals the word away from his heart. He heard it before, he understood it, but the devil stole it. Then there is another who, the word was sown, but it was sown on a rocky ground. And how did Jesus explain the rocky ground? He said the rocky ground is the one who receives the word, and he goes home rejoicing, glory! Can we shout glory? Let's just practice. Come on, shout glory. <laughs> glory! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shouts glory. But the Bible says that there is no root. You know what root is? Root is the stability of the essence of that seed. That without the root, it is not a question of whether you had it. You actually had it. You actually got it. But you lost it. Because there was no root. There is no time given by you on the word. There is no brooding time on the word that you have received. And that's the problem. So he says the one who had the seed that fell on the rock... Like the one who receives the word of God with joy, but because he has no root, it dies off. It falls away. When temptations come, that's the way the Bible puts it. When temptation comes, it falls away. Then there is another category of the one who the word of God is sown in a place where there is a lot of thorns. Right? A lot of thorns. And the Bible says that when it grows... Now, it is not as if that one didn't have root, but there are thorns. So, there is a depth problem, and then there is also an environment problem. The first one that is sown on the rock is a depth problem. Lack of depth, but always passionate about the word. It's good to be passionate about the word, you know that, right? There's no problem with that. But don't be passionate and not know how to brood. On the word. Stay with the word for months. Just that one word. Until you birth it. A lot of us like to rush. Hey I can't wait for new stuff. Paul said the new stuff is still milk. That the journey between infancy and maturity. Is still milk. I've taught you this before. It says strong meat belongs to those who are of full age. So the question is, what brought you to full age? Milk. It wasn't meat that brought you to full age. What is milk? The word of his grace. When you stay on the word, you come to maturity. Have you wondered why? Is Annie here? Oh, she's not here. Annie is set to go. You know, we can shout glory because we're not the ones carrying the baby. <laughs> Annie is set to go, but from the day of conception, there was a lot of activity in Annie's body just to ensure that one goal is birthed. You know how some of us are? We get pregnant with a word and we have periodic miscarriages. Nothing comes to fruition. Nothing comes to birth. Why? Because it is not as if the pastor didn't teach the word. It's because you didn't sit on that word until the word sat in you. You didn't. So there will be so much of activity in her womb after you know, gestation and if you see the embryonic stage of the development of the fetus from week one to week 
37 completed weeks. Every week is new activity. But that new activity is for one purpose. Just that baby. If we have that attitude on the word that says, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Many of you will birth the word. There are things many people do with truth. People can do it. Now, I'm not saying truth as regarding um, mental reasoning. Because you can have a distraction by mental reasoning that chokes the word of God. But I'm actually talking about truth itself. That many people do a lot of things with truth, but don't birth truth. And that's why Paul said something. My little children, of whom I traveled, again in you. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. That Christ be formed in you. Not that Christ be taught you. Or not that Christ be told you. But that Christ be formed. Until there is a forming. Until it has taken root in your life. And the only way you can do that is to sit on the word. Praise God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 to 4. Let's start from verse 1. Colossians chapter 3. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Can we read it together, everybody? Want to go? If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are what? It's where Christ is. It's if you were raised, so it would be I'm raised with Christ. So, it says, seek those things which are what? above where Christ is, sitting where? At the right hand of God. So what does that mean? He says, your life has changed. From the day you were raised with Christ, you are no longer on the level of human experience. Okay? So he says, seek those things which are above. Set your affection on those things which are above. You must know that's where you are. You must know that's where you stand. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things what? Above. Not things where? On the earth. Please say this with me. I'm not earthly. Say it again. Say it again. What are you if you're not earthly? Are you sure you are heavenly? Do you believe that you are heavenly? Do you think that you are heavenly? Why? Because that's what the word of God says. So what does that mean? It means that the things that happen to earthly people doesn't happen to you. It means your expectation of life has to change because you are not earthly. I am the healed of God. I am the healed of God. And then after a while you begin to go through symptoms in your body. And your confession drops. Your confession dwindles. But you must remember, I am not earthly. I'm from above. Have you ever been counseled by someone who is elderly in the faith? When I mean elderly in the faith, I mean someone who has been born again for a long time. But I'm not talking about someone who is necessarily mature. That they call your confessions. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Youthful exuberance. <laughs> Have you ever seen that before? 
And so when they call you to advise you, they call you and say to you, look, all these things you are saying, we have said them. <laughs> One day. We did this when, you were, when we were young. The only thing they are not telling you, Oha, is don't be like us. But what they are trying to tell you is that you have to be careful that you have to use your sense. That some of these things don't really work. That's an elder who has not bettered truth. So the fact that you have no experience in the word of truth doesn't necessarily mean that that truth is not true. God has showed you you're going to be one of the most wealthy people in this world. And all you can see is your oil blog. From how to get to where you are to where you're going, there is no wisdom entirely. Because with your oil blog revelation, you are the most arrogant man. First of all, you can't even work for anybody because there's a revelation of oil blog. (laughs) Don't let anyone kill your faith. Don't let your surrounding kill your faith. The word of God that was planted and the Bible says when the thorns began to choke it. Jesus explained and said, it is likened to be the one who hears the word of God. And when he hears it, the cares of this life. What is the cares of this life, Godwin? The cares of this life is not talking about caring about life. The cares of this life is talking about the things that happen in life. Paying bills. House rent. Have you been thrown out of the house before? No fuel in the car. How am I going to pay my school fees? The cares of this life. The amount and the abundance of those things can choke your faith. If you don't stay and brood on the word of God. So you see someone who has been groomed in God's word for a long time. But just because of the cares of this life. Pleasures and riches. You're not able to birth the word. May you come to that place where you're able to birth revelations. Okay. Well, well, stay on this. Okay, go to verse 3. Let's go to verse 3. Let's go to verse 3. Let's go to verse 3. Quickly. It says, for you died and your life is where? Talk to me, somebody. Are you still alive? Is your old man still alive? TSP, talk to me. Is your old man still alive? Where is that old man? Dead in Christ. I died. What does this do? It changes the narrative of my reflections. Of myself and my past. Can I say that again? I am dead. Changes the narrative of my reflection of my history. I'm dead means that there is no record of the existing life before I met Christ. There is no validity of my human experience that is above Christ. That it happened doesn't mean it's real. Why? Because I'm dead. So when you are speaking, you are speaking from the place of revelation, not recounting history. That something happened to you does not necessarily mean that the validity of that thing has a hold on your life. You are dead in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And because you're dead, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he's what? He's a new creation. All things have what? 
passed away and what all things have become new for all things are of God whoa that means my history is of God my reflections of who I am my projections of who I am going to be tomorrow is of God why because I am dead so now you see those three words for you died if you stay on that do you know that can change your perception of yourself is revelation when we read the bible pray for revelation that god gives you revelation for you died and your life is hidden with christ in god my life is hid my life is hid why did the Bible say God is hiding your life? What is he hiding your life for? He's hiding your life not because he's afraid. But he's hiding your life to show you that what is looking for you can't find you. So he says, and your life is hidden with Christ. Sickness can't find you. It's not normal. Uh, someone was sharing a testimony with me last Sunday when I said it is not normal for Christians to be sick. And the moment he got the revelation, while I said it last Sunday, he was always having migraine headaches. So he asked himself, it's not normal for Christians to be sick. Then why am I always having migraine headaches? I've considered this migraine headache as a part of me. It's something that is, I'm used to. That back pain, you've called it your back pain now. My back pain. It's not your back pain. Also, no, Pastor Phil, do you know when I had this ulcer? I had the ulcer for a long time. You have it. Wait, you have it. You have the ulcer. You have it. It's your own. I'm dead. Though. I'm dead to ulcer. I'm dead to cancer. I'm dead to malaria. You know, you know how we, we categorize diseases and we pet some of them. Malaria is fine. That one is once in a while. If you are, if you are stressed, normally it will happen. Now, you see your reasoning. You know, there's a problem with many people, right? Bro, the problem with so many people is reason and reasoning. Reason in that reason is the excuse. Then reasoning is how they think. So when you have accepted that malaria happens to you once in a while. No, pastor, you know, this one, there's no need to pray with this one. I understand how it comes. As it comes, it will go like that. It's not supposed to come. Why? Because your life is hidden with Christ. And Christ in God. Please, let's look at the next verse. Next verse, verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, Hey, hey, glory to God. He said, when Christ, who is our life? Is Pastor JT. He said, Christ is my life. Oh, man, you guys didn't get it. You guys didn't get it. You guys didn't get it. He said, when Christ, who is my life? My life is Christ. Do you, you don't understand what I'm saying? He said, when Christ, who is my life? He's not talking about a future experience. He's not talking about a future narrative. He said, when Christ, who is our life, appears. So, the Christ is appearing in the future, but my life is happening now. So, the one who is coming in the future, I am living the future now. So, that's why the Bible says, now faith is. Because faith has come. Faith was a concept before. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 will tell you, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Then you see the hall of faith. You see, oh, by faith, they possessed this. By faith, they did this. By faith, they did that. But, you, you know, the, the Bible says, in that same Hebrews chapter 12, the next chapter, Jesus, the author, and the finisher of our faith. What is he saying? That the faith they were looking up to, Abraham, Moses, all of them. We're looking up to the faith. He said the faith has come now. What is faith? Faith is title deed. Faith is the proof of what you are hoping for. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Glory to God. 
when Christ who is my life shall appear. See, stay on this revelation. You say to yourself, my life is Christ. Christ is my life. My life is Christ. Christ is my life. Come on, say it with me. Come on, come on. And add some joy to it. All right, all right. Are you ready? Say, my life is Christ. And Christ is my life. Your life is not AS. Your life is not blood group O. That's not your life. The blood of everything is in the life thereof. But do you know what life you have? It is not AS and blood group O. That's not it. Christ is my life. So with that mindset, Iba Tiba, Malaria falsiparum, when it comes to your blood, realizes that this one, her DNA is hid with Christ. There is a difference. Have you not heard that there are testimonies where DNA is changed? Haven't you heard it? Talk to me. Have you not heard it? Sometimes I don't even wait for the practical evidence of the DNA change when you do examinations. The reality of the deliverance has happened, even though it still comes out on paper, SS. That the person is SS but cannot, will not give birth to SS. And the person is not having the symptoms of SS. Christ is my life. TSP, I hope you are not looking for new things. I'm giving you revelation, please. Hold on to it. Say, Christ is my life. He said, when Christ, who is our life, what? Appears. Then you also will appear with him. Hey. He said, like we beget like, right? That when Christ comes, then you also will show up. Will appear with him in glory. Christ is my life. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I have the life of God. Every dimension has, a, has multiple realms. Every dimension. You know, earth is a dimension. The things that are spiritual are spiritual. The things that are temporal. Temporal is not temporary. Temporal is talking about physical things. Earth dimension is earth dimension. Spiritual dimension is spiritual dimension. On earth dimension, we see things, we can touch things, we feel things. You can sit down on chairs. But there are angels who are here right now as we're talking, standing by your side. But because you're not in their dimension, you can't see them. But dimensions can overlap. That's why sometimes angels can come to your dimension. And that's why the Bible says that you must be careful and do good to entertain people and strangers. Perhaps one day you may have entertained an angel. So what is that saying to you? Every dimension has realms. There are many realms. Things that are intercon- interconnected. Interconnected to every dimension. Interconnected. So you have those different realms that are interdependent with each other to form one dimension I hope you know microbacteria is a dimension I mean it's a realm the world of microbacteria the world of microbacteria is a realm on its own the world of ultraviolet light UV radiation is a realm on its own the cellular world is a realm on its own then the human life is a realm on its own The animal kingdom is a realm on its own. So when God said, let man, let Adam be in charge. He said that let Adam be in charge in this earthly dimension over all the realms. So Adam was in charge of all the realms. So when Adam fell, all the realms that were supposed to be subject to Adam lost control and everybody begins to do what is right in his own eyes so that's why you can see bacteria that rightfully exist as created by God going out of course to harm human beings 
Because in the original intentions, they are not supposed to be harmful. They are supposed to help to make another realm survive, even though they are independent of their own realm. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what I'm telling you is that from the fall of Adam, everything became wild. So when man comes back to redemption, and he receives the life of Christ, what is he supposed to do? To bring every realm into subjection. That you can talk to viruses and they hear you. Because elements, you can talk to bacteria, you can talk to sickness, you can talk to the wind, you can talk to the storm, you can talk to the tree, you can talk to plants. Somebody out of love for bird, bird. You know Smith Wigglesworth? Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth had a bird, and when he held the bird, I mean the bird was dead, but because he was in love with the bird, that's somebody who doesn't know what to do with eternal life. That Spoke life to a dead bird. Dead bird came back to life. Bird that would die again. And nobody would do funeral service for. Bird. Bird. The expression of eternal life was so much that even birds were feeling it. Look, let this life exude. Let manifest the life. Okay? Manifest the life. The Bible says that everybody began to do what was right in their own eyes. Because there was no subjection of one singular voice and authority. <laughs> but when you and I come on the scene, we can put everything in their place. We can talk to things and they hear us. Talk to me, somebody. Why? Because Christ is our life. You are the size of your mouth, all of you. Not your father's DNA. You are the size of your mouth. As much as your mouth eats, is how your size is. It's well known. <laughs> If you don't eat all the time, it will show in how you look. If you keep eating and you have no government over... <laughs> it's well, no. You have no government over your mouth. From size 6, size 18 is waiting for you. <laughs> it's another realm, have you? <laughs> But the Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone. Why? Because our life is not just human life. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So you live by what comes out of your mouth. Are you getting what I'm saying? I want you to lay hold on eternal life. There are some things that are not permitted to happen to you. Did I say it's not happening to believers? I didn't say so. But should it happen to believers? No. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't. I'm a believer. Christ is my life. Last scripture. Romans chapter 12 from verse 1. Romans chapter 12 from verse 1. Use the amplified version. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Let's look at it together. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. That bracket you see there, in our colloquial language, it is with your church mind. Then if you go to our mother's village with your common sense, 
So somebody has been so kind to you with your common sense, do what is right. Because that's the only thing that you have left to do. So in view of the mercies of God, you make your bodies holy. Common sense. Reasonable service. Now look at verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world. This age, fashioned, and what? Fashioned and what? You know what it means to adapt? Who adapts all the time consciously? Do you adapt consciously all the time? No. You don't adapt consciously all the time. Why? Because adaptation is a seamless process. It's happening, but you don't know it's happening. That's adaptation. It says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, this world's way of thinking. Don't. Don't. Fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs. But be transformed. What is transformed there? Changed. By the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude. There's an attitude to spiritual life. There's an attitude to the way you talk. There's an attitude to the way you see yourself. There's an attitude to what you say to someone. Okay? So he says, so that you may what? Okay, you guys are already tired at the place where I actually want to point you a revelation. Okay? Now look at it very well. It says, so that you may what? Prove for what yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. Now, the Bible says that you may prove somebody say, Prove, say that I may prove, say it loud, say that I may prove, that I may prove, two more times, that I may prove. If there's anybody who is sleeping by your side, waking by your voice, say that I may prove. Wake up in the name of Jesus. That you may what? Prove. <laughs> that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will. Now, what is it saying? The Bible is saying that the responsibility to prove is on you experiences are going to come that will be contrary to eternal life. But it is your responsibility to prove the will of God in this case. And how do you prove the will of God in this case? By staying on revelation, confessing God's word, getting to the root of God's word, allowing the word of God get root in your spirit. That's how to prove. A lot of us don't know how to prove. And you know when you don't prove, you make God a liar. I'll show you in the scripture next week. You make God a liar. It's possible to make God a liar. Just because you haven't proven. My brother, I know you come to church every day and you hear the scriptures, you understand the scriptures, you talk like us, you, you, you sing our songs. But if you're, if you're not proving the life, then there's a disconnect somewhere. It's your responsibility to prove. I'm sick, but prove your health. Prove it. You don't have money for how long? For a long time? Prove the life of God in you. That you may prove what is the acceptable, perfect. As a believer, always sad. You haven't proven something. There's something you're missing somewhere. You must be able to prove that eternal life until joy overfloods your spirit. And don't think your experiences are more real than the word of God you have to prove. No, prove it. He's saying you are the one to prove it. It's not the pastor's fault. It's not the word of God. The word of God is true. Tried seven times by fire. But you must learn how to prove it. Holy. 
hold on to God's word. Glory to God. In this season, the spirit of God is going to be giving you insights on what he wants you to do. And how do I put this now? Um, The nature of evil, like I said to you last Sunday, is that evil, when it happens, it goes to call seven others. Because the possibility of one is a possibility of many others. And this is a time where you and I, I'm going to close with this, but please hear me. It's a time where you and I must come to that place where we are constantly proving the word of God in this season. To prove means to disallow. To make something that has a form conform to what you know. That's what it means to prove. It's going to get tougher. But if you don't even know how to prove elementary stage, you will say God's word is not true. Your capacity is weak. Even Jesus, when he was raising the dead, he raised the dead in degrees. The first dead person Jesus raised was dead for a few hours. The second person Jesus raised was already inside casket to tell you that the thing was getting tougher in his ministry. The other person, the, after the casket, the other person Jesus raised was dead for four days. It was tougher as it was going. So if you can't prove today, <laughs> you may not be able to prove tomorrow. Let your experiences be your feedback of your strength. Not that God sent it. No, it's a feedback of how strong you are. And what you are able to prove and align. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Prove your experiences. Conform them to what God's word has said. There's advantage in trials. There is. When the enemy attacks you, that is it. That's the season of your glory. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know I'm talking to somebody here. When the enemy attacks you, that's the season of your glory. And God is about to bring you into the manifestation of glory. More than ever before. Glory to God. Pray in the Holy Ghost, somebody. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.